Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Google. Today is Friday, October 16th. U.S. retail sales are up, U.S. industrial production is down, and we're focused on Operation Warp Speed. Earlier today, drugmaker Pfizer announced that it won't apply for an emergency use authorization for its COVID-19 vaccine until late November at the earliest. That's kind of the same thing that Moderna said a few weeks back, and all but guarantees that the FDA won't be asked to even think about approval until weeks or maybe even months after the election. Now, to some extent, that's good news because it removes some of the feared politicization from the process. Of course, it also means the vaccine won't be ready as early as President Trump had claimed it would be. And if you were a business or a school that was banking on Trump's word on this, you might now have to prepare for some delays. So we want to go deeper with Monsef Saloui, the former head of GlaxoSmithKline's vaccine division, who currently serves as the White House's top scientific advisor to Operation Warp Speed, which is the public-private partnership in charge of getting a coronavirus vaccine developed and deployed. That conversation in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Monsef Slawi, the White House Chief Scientific Advisor to Operation Warp Speed. Can we start here? What is the latest timeline for actually getting a vaccine application for approval? Not approval, but an application for approval. First, good news is Moderna trial is almost fully recruited and very likely to complete recruitment next week. There's been great progress in terms of the diversity makeup into the trial. And secondly, in terms of when one would expect the emergency use authorization application, it's going to be a few weeks, two to three weeks after efficacy would be declared by the Data Safety Monitoring Board. And that declaration happens when enough cases are accrued. So we can't give you an exact date. However, my best guess would be somewhere late in November would be the earliest time. When you say that, not just for Moderna, but you feel that's probably true for Pfizer as well? Well, Pfizer, I was going to say, just issued a chairman letter this morning saying that they expect that they would not file an EUA before late November. Obviously, all of us want a working vaccine, a safe vaccine, sooner rather than later. But you also know the politics of this and questions of how many people would take a vaccine once approved. Is it actually, do you think, better for the public health in the long run? if these EUA applications actually do come after the election? Personally, I think they should come out when the data is mature and it's time for them to come out. It so happened that it's extremely likely to come after the election, which I agree will minimize the potential politicization, which is a, frankly has been really disruptive of, of the process. But our intent is to accelerate as much as possible, as long as it doesn't impact the safety of the vaccine. Operation Warp Speed's official goal, according to its website, is 300 million doses by January. Is that still the goal? And do you think that's a reasonable, not expectation, but at least reasonable goal? Yeah, let me just correct. The goal has been 300 million doses of vaccines starting in January 2021. And in fact, we're going to have a few tens of millions of doses already in December. Therefore, if there is an emergency use authorization application that is approved somewhere late November or early December, we will be able to start immunizing the population in 2020 
And by early 2021, we will be having, again, several tens of millions of doses every month, accruing up to 600 million doses of vaccine in towards the end of the second quarter of 2021, so May, June. I think there's a perception by a lot of us, us being lay people, that, oh, you know, whether it's Pfizer or J&J or Moderna, whatever vaccine, that that's kind of the holy grail vaccine and that's the one we all get. Is that accurate or is it that the vaccine that's necessarily best for you might not be the same one that's best for me and vice versa? It's a possibility that different people would respond best to different vaccines. The good news is we're going to learn that from the data and the data will guide us to optimize what vaccine is allocated to what population. Usually it's not on an individual basis. What usually would happen would say older people would need quite a powerful vaccine, give them that most powerful vaccine. Younger people have a more active immune system. They can have a milder vaccine and they will still make a very good immune response. And then babies or young toddlers would have the safest possible vaccine that is also effective. This is the kind of ranking that usually would happen. Operation Warp Speed and also earlier BARDA, et cetera, have signed, obviously, deals, contracts with a lot of these vaccine makers, also on the therapeutic side as well. If a vaccine comes to market, who owns it? So the vaccine doses, the physical vaccine doses that will become available up to 100 million to 200 million doses for each one of the manufacturers we have an agreement with. We will own, we being the U.S. government, will own those doses and will make them available free of charge to the U.S. population. Beyond that, if you wish, the ownership, the intellectual property and the product ownership, that's for the companies. And therefore, later on, they may very well market that product in the private market. If there is a need to, for instance, have a booster dose every year or every three years. Is that a concern, though? Because if you do need to have a booster dose, should the American public, should the American taxpayer be a little concerned that they've spent a lot of money helping to develop this, but they might ultimately have to pay a lot of money to make this work in 2022, 2023? I think it's a fair equation, frankly, because remember, we're developing vaccines at a speed that has never, never been achieved or not even close to it. And the way to do it was to take enormous financial risk, enormous financial risk. It's literally impossible for a company to do it on their own. So the plus side that I think fairly the U.S. taxpayer has paid for is to be able to have a vaccine within 10 to 12 months and go back to normal life maybe 12 to 18 months after the start of this pandemic. While if things had happened normally, it may have taken three, four years, even with enormous efforts from the part of the companies. Remember, on average, it takes five to eight years to do a vaccine. That's where the value that taxpayer is paying for. The actual deals themselves, at least on the vaccine side, will those contracts get publicly released? Because to date, I don't think they have been except for the top line information. It's a uh, policy decision. I don't see any reason why not, but it's a policy decision, not my decision. Speaking of policy decisions, it's possible that there will be somebody new sitting in the Oval Office at the end of January of next year, but your job, and Operation Warp Speed's job, would not be over. Do you intend to stay with Operation Warp Speed if there is a Biden administration? And have you talked at all with the Biden campaign or transition team about that? Yeah. So my, my objective, my mission is, is about vaccines and therapeutics. And frankly, I set myself a personal objective of moving on from this voluntary job, as you know, I, I let go of everything I'm doing and I'm doing this for no compensation and nothing. When we have two vaccines approved, 
And when we have one or two medicines approved, I would consider that. And when the transition of the operation, regardless of the politics, is assured, I think my value add will be much less because we would have by then surely all six vaccines in phase three trials. And we have four medicines that we have really, you know, two of which have shown some early efficacy that we are really focused on. Once I know that things are rolling, it will be time for me to move on. It may happen prior to the Christmas break. It may happen after. I have expressed my personal political views. I'm a Democrat. So I have no issue to uh, interact with the new administration as much as I had no issue to interact with the current administration. My focus is on helping the U.S. population and the world get vaccines and medicines as quickly as possible. I guess part of what I'm getting at, if a new administration does come in, is it, do you think, going to be a fairly seamless transition of Operation Warp Speed, or is there going to be a lot of getting up to speed for a new administration? Well, listen, first of all, I've had no contacts with the future administration, if that's what happens. And if that was to happen, I would expect as of November 4th to start making sure that future new administration is up to speed, because the worst thing we can do is do all this work and for whatever reason that has nothing to do with technical aspects that we don't have vaccines available. I am convinced that if there is a new administration, it will own this and it will run with it as hard as the current administration is and hopefully also stay with, away from any interference as this current administration is. And that's for the best interest of the U.S. population. Thank you to Monsef Saloui, the White House's scientific advisor to Operation Warp Speed. Thank you. Welcome back. Today, we're continuing to watch fallout from Twitter's decision to block users from sharing a New York Post story that may have been based on hacked and or manipulated emails from Hunter Biden's laptop. The latest is that Twitter is changing its hacked materials policy and now will only remove such content if it's directly shared by the hackers or those working with the hackers. It also will begin providing warning labels rather than blocking links although it will maintain its rules against posting any private information, manipulated media, or non-consensual nudity. Today, we are also watching the UK after Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the country must prepare for a no-deal break with the European Union due to persistent and fundamental disagreements. Instead, Johnson suggested that Britain will follow what he calls the Australia solution, referencing how Australia doesn't have a trade deal with the EU. Then again, Australia was also never part of the EU. How all this ultimately plays out, including how high some prices could rise on British consumers, remains TBD. And finally, something British consumers won't need to worry about is how much to pay for a can of Tab, the original Diet Cola. Coke, which created Tab long before Diet Coke was a thing, announced today that it is discontinuing the brand as part of a larger culling of what it calls underperforming assets. So be sure to pour one out for the tabaholic in your life. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national department store day. And we'll be back Monday with another Axios Recap.